I'm here to be an all-time great. Now rocking with the best. Welcome to the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Oh, he's smoking hot! The latest Laker news. Another great Showtime feed. The greatest Laker show. This is going to be legendary for a long time. This is the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Lakers all day. Go Lakers! What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Big Baby here, man. Welcome to another episode of Big Baby Sports, man. Today is Kobe Bryant Day, 824. Happy birthday. Lady birthday, Black Mamba, man. Um, you know, it's an honor to Kobe, man. We're doing the show, Kobe Day. And uh, fans can come on here today and talk about, you know, talk about Kobe's greatness and all that good stuff. And I'm excited for today's show. You know, very, very excited. You know, bringing people on, people want to come on, talk talk about Kobe's legacy and what they meant to Kobe. You know what I mean? And, you know, uh, first and foremost, Kobe Bryant means, means everything to me on this, you know, just in life. You know what I mean? And he uh, inspired me to do YouTube and podcasting and all that, you know? And he inspires me each and every day when it comes to this podcasting. You know, and that's why I look up to Kobe, man. He inspires me, you know. And shout out to everybody in the stream, man. Gamer bro, angry Lakers fan TV. Yes, what's up, man? Um, if y'all want to stop by, come on the show, man. The link's right here to come on. Uh, anybody can come on, man. It's honoring Kobe Day, you know. What he meant to you, what he meant to me, he means everything. You know what I mean? And he, He's a true, true, true. True profession, you know, um, with his demeanor, his hustle, his tenacity, his desire, his hunger, his fight for the game and passion for the game and all that good stuff, man. All that good stuff. Kobe Bryant is an icon around the world, you know, not just in L.A., but like in, in overseas and all that good stuff, you know. And, you know, Kobe has never has a never-give-up mentality, you know, to push through that stuff, you know what I mean, regardless of any situation, you know. And Kobe, I'm, you know, like this journey, man, I'm on this podcasting journey, man, I'm going for it, you know. I'm putting in the work each and every day. That's what I love to do, you know. That's what I love to do. I'm a big, big-time, you know, fan of the game, you know. Shout-out to uh, Angry Lakers Fan TV, man. Go subscribe to his channel. And also make sure you guys like this video, subscribe to the channel. You know, we're at 710 subscribers. Let's get them up. Let's get to 800, man. You know, and like for you guys that are people listening to me on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, man, what are you guys' favorite Kobe Bryant moment? Put them in the comment section down below. You know, put them in the comment section down below, man. It's Kobe Day, man. So anybody can come on today. You know what I mean? Anybody can come on today. You know, anybody can come on. Anybody want to chime in about their favorite Kobe moment and, and all that stuff, man. You know, for me, man, my favorite Kobe Brown moment is hit 81-point game 
you know, like the he just took over. You know, it was against Toronto when they had Chris Bosh on the team, and you know, Toronto was really wasn't good. You know, he really wasn't good. You know, Toronto, Toronto really wasn't good. You know, but Kobe had to do it anything he could to uh, to get that job done. You know, what's going on, Anderson? What's up? Eight twenty forty. Happy Mama. Yep, Happy Mama Day. You know, but uh, Kobe had to do whatever is necessary to get the job done. You know, just to beat Toronto. He said, "Give me the ball and get the hell out of my way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat Toronto if I have to score 100 if I have to." You know what I mean? He did what he did, and um, I, I like what he did. You know, Kobe Bryant is you know, that, well, that to me. That's one of my best Kobe Bryant moments of all time. 81. You got um, times where Kobe Bryant sprained his finger. Right? Usually, players would sit out. Um, athletic trainer Gary Beatty said, "Let me pop that back in." Popped it back in and shot a three right after that. You know, he was against the Spurs. I remember that. You know, just his desire, his hunger, you know. You know, uh, I like his, his attitude, his hustle, just in general, man. He's a great, you know, he's a great dad off the court. He's a great dad off the court, man. You know, his the daughters that he has, you know. Um, yeah. What's, what's up, Sean? How you doing, man? How you doing? Hope all is well. You know, hope all is well. Sean, what's going on, man? Just, yeah, man, if y'all want to come up, man, link is in the description box to come on, man, talk about Kobe, man, and all that good stuff. Let's see here. Let's see. You know, bring some people along, send them a link. You know, but make sure you guys subscribe to that channel, man, Big Baby Sports, man. A lot of things coming for this channel very soon, man. You know, but uh, yeah, man. What are your guys' favorite Kobe moments, man? Like, like mine. You know, like for me, man, Kobe was just, is a tremendous, tremendous person, athlete. You know, he he set the example when it takes to win it. He set the example when it takes to win. You know, if you don't, if you're not up at five in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. And you're, and you're not at the gym at that time. He won't have nothing to do with you. You know, he set the example when it come, when it takes to win. You know what I mean? And that's what I look up to. You know, Kobe, man. You know. Let's see. You know, I, I just like how Kobe, what Kobe does. You know, with the winning mentality, the desire to want to do better in any situation. Perfect example. You know. Um. What it takes to win, you know what I mean. He did anything he could, you know. He set the example, man. He set the example. You know, shout out to everybody in the stream. When, when the Lakers played against Toronto, Kobe. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, hundred um, percent. That was my favorite too. I liked what he did that game. And the crazy thing part of it was that uh, Kobe's grandma was the first time she's seen Kobe play, you know. And crazy 81-point game, man. We got Sean up in the building. What's going on, Sean? How you doing? Man? Hey, what's up, big baby? What's good, man? Uh, happy 824 day, man. Uh, give, us your, uh, give us your favorite Kobe Bryant moment. Man, there's so many memories, man. First off, happy birthday to the Mamba. Um, 
top five of all time. Pretty much, I have so many memories about Kobe, man. It's like, shoot. It's very ironic every time that he's thinking about Kobe. He has been pretty much throughout my whole entire childhood all the way to adulthood. You know, like, but my favorite memory, my like, one of my favorite memories is when he was, like, dominating against the Denver Nuggets in that 2009 uh, Western Conference Finals. That shit was awesome. It, it was a, pretty much was awesome. Like, how the way that Kobe and, uh, and Melo, the way that they actually go back and forth, it was it was just like that. It it was it was that war that 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 feeling of war that you just never really see in basketball like that. It is crazy. I always I always even liked the way that how Kobe like as far as his versatility offensively and defensively, he pretty much was was on on gear all the time, and that's. That's how I feel about it when it comes to Kobe. There's some, there's too many memories. Like, shoot, I can mention about the 2000 and um, we can talk about the Olympics, man. Like how Kobe, even though he never wanted to score that much anyway, but and when he does, you know, I mean, the teams are losing around 30, 20 points. It, it is especially even though he, he did that to Nigeria, even though you know. I have a Nigerian ancestry over there. He actually did that to Nigeria so bad, but it's all good though. But regardless, though, yeah, Kobe has been has been among my top five. Like I know that a lot of people want me to always gonna be be able to say I overhate LeBron. It's never worth about overhating LeBron. I think that a lot of people kind of like get this um, misconception from me, like. My criticism with LeBron is, is that for a guy that you got all this opportunity, all these things, you couldn't even surpass any of that only after, what, 17 years, 18 years, 19 years? You, it's like you got into that level around year, like around year 20. Like, bruh. I mean, not yeah. to say that he is not great. He is great, but you have to. We have to wait around that time in order to see you that you that you are at that expectation that, that people praise you on that. Like, come on, man! Like that. That doesn't really make sense. Like for me, that's like for me, like like trying to compare, um, shit like a Tesla with cars that with gasoline. Yes, a Tesla conceptually is a better car, but it's not the most popular car. You you're not going to understand greatness if you uh, if just because you ride around a Tesla, you're not going to understand greatness. It's like yeah, it's conceptually better, but it's not like a better uh, aesthetically looking car. It's not like something that you feel like you love the sound on it. You know that this is a car that is good because of how efficient it is. And also, yet the impact of uh, electric cars is still underneath that rubber expectation that a lot of people are hyping up. That's how I look at LeBron. LeBron James is like it's like electric cars. Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah, a, you, are, yeah. you are you are a bigger, stronger athlete. I I salute you. You are you have pretty much LeBron in my opinion. If I say he's a go on something, 
business, he is pretty much a going business because he uses opportunity as far as gain that, that financial gain. That's good. That's great. Mm-hmm. But as far yeah, as yeah. basketball, you yeah. still, you still barely put on the bare minimum that a lot of people hype about since he came to the NBA. And I don't respect that. I just don't. You know what I mean? I just don't. Like, yeah, Kobe has Shaq, but Shaq know they shit. The reason why he he was slacking off because he got Kobe. What if he you is Kobe shoes being the sidekick? And then you have to pull all that work. Would Shaq be competent? Or he has to work out just in order for him to to keep up and try to be in the playoffs and finals. That is the difference. People don't understand that. And that's why I always could say he he's to me in my opinion better than what people say about Bron. You mean again? That's just my opinion. Yeah, uh, yes, Kobe Day. Uh, so no slander, uh, slander of LeBron Day, man. We can say that for another another. I'm show not slander right LeBron. I, I say he was great. You see what I mean? I gave him yeah. the more praises, and y'all still say I slander the man. I'm not slandering him. I gave him the praises. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I mean, it is what it is. We got a comment here. I have to read. Yeah, I have to read it. Keeping it real. Big baby, can you share experience where you were and how you found that Kobe passing? Uh, it's actually um, helping my mom move to her new office work, helping her bring in the furniture and all that. And I got the thing from TMZ. I showed my cousin. My cousin said, don't fucking show me that. I knocked that phone out your hand. And I showed him again. He knocked the phone out my hand. And once TMZ, I mean, when Morganowski confirmed it, then I broke down crying. And yeah, so that's how I found out Blue Magic. But uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that he passed away and it's sad. And uh, he'll be missed tremendously each and every day, man. And uh, yeah, oh, we got somebody that has not been on my podcast in almost a year and a half, man. Oh, okay. What's going on, man? What's up, big baby? How you been, bro? What's up, all as well, man? Up all as well as uh, for the same as you, bro. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna bring in uh, my boy Mikael PG. Yo, man. Yo. What's going on? What's going on, man? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? How y'all What's doing? up? Everything's great, bro. Everything's great. Hey, yes. happy Mamba Day, man. Happy Kobe Day. Happy Mamba Day. Yeah. Just came back from work. And, uh, happy Kobe Day. Can't wait for the season to start. Yeah. Season to start. But, uh, Michaela, I'm going to start with you, man. Give us your favorite Kobe Bryant of all time, and what does Kobe mean to you on the personal level? Man, my favorite Kobe moment, uh, I actually have a couple. Uh, one of them was like, in person. Uh, at that time, I was there at KTLA. Uh, so, you know, covering the games like uh, the 0809 season and the 2009-2010 uh, season. And I remember my first time, you know, going into the locker room. Uh, and, you know, you see these guys and you just look at them as these superstars, especially being big Laker fans. And this is a funny moment, too. Uh, I remember Univision always bringing the most beautiful women to report and come interview Pablo Saul. And I remember that everybody was blown away. Even Kobe. So he sat down in his little ice bucket and he bent over, took a peek and was like, first question. And everybody in the media started dying laughing. So I'm always remember that, uh, you know, the fun side of Kobe. And as a player, uh, just that whole entire 2009 season, how after losing to the Celtics, you just knew like there was no way that Kobe was not going to win a championship that next year. And the Lakers did exactly what everyone thought because Kobe was just going to wield that team 
to a championship and he went and got number four in his first ever finals MVP. So just that entire year, um, you know, the buzzer beater shots, just the big time plays, um, that, that, that year is just a moment that I'll remember forever. Yeah, most definitely, man, man. Like Kobe, for me, he inspires me to do this podcast and doing YouTube and, you know, and actually I have a story to me. He actually followed me on Twitter, man. Like I'm, I put down everything I love. Kobe Bryant followed me. I mean, him at a conversation and who would have thought Kobe Bryant would follow me, man. And I actually jumped up for joy because here's how he followed. Because remember when he tore his Achilles, he was out of the playoffs. People were playing the Spurs in San Antonio. I think it was game three. He was talking about, oh, what the Lakers need to do to win. I'll follow some fans back. I tweeted, gave the ball to Pau Gasol. Move the ball around, rotate, cut. Ten minutes mm-hmm. later, got a follow. Looked at my phone. I jumped up like jumping up like I won an NBA championship. Michael's like my brother Michael was like, "What are you doing?" And Kobe Bryant followed me. He's like, "No, it's not." And I clicked on the the where it says Kobe Bryant follows you back. I clicked on it, verified account. I was just jumping up for joy, man, and you know, and but you know, he just inspires me to keep pushing, even though I sometimes I have down days. Keep pushing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mamba mentality, on. man. Yeah, mama mentality, man. So, Manny, what do you think, man? What's your favorite Kobe Bryant moment? Oh, for me, it has to be 2010. The fact that uh, we got revenge on the Celtics, because we all know as diehard Laker fans how much it killed us to lose in 2008. I even tweeted you uh, yesterday, remember, bro? Mm-hmm. When, when, you, when you said, like, it still kills me in 2008, I'm like, yep, it kills me too. And then he came back in 2010. Yes, he didn't have the best finals performance, especially in Game 7, but he got everybody involved. 14 rebounds. He got the assists. He got the he got, he got the boards. Made the free throws. That passed to uh, to Ron Artest. Now known as Metal World Peace. Hitting that shot. Sasha Vujacic hitting those those free throws. And then another uh, great moment I have is the 81 point game. Of course, that was my first introduction to basketball. Like I was never into sports before that. I put on uh, I put on the Sports Center highlights of that back in 2006. And ever since then, I got hooked. And Kobe, like, as a person for me, that's like you guys said, he's, he's, he just inspires me every single day. The fact that he uh, he would work hard all the time. Any, uh, name me any other player in NBA history that would get up at 3 o'clock in the morning j- just to get to work. Like, he, oh, yeah. like, like, he's just someone that's so dedicated. And, like, that's something that no other NBA player you'll ever see from them. Because all they, they want to do is, you know, because the game's worthy, actually, I famously said it. Um, players today, they just want to get tattoos and shoot threes. Manny, I'm happy you brought up 2010 because I think people, they only look at game seven. But if you look at games one through six, Kobe mm-hmm. was playing amazing basketball. Like, Facts. He was, he was like, it was even to a point where it was like, man, even if the Lakers lose the finals, you might have to really think of Kobe as the finals MVP mm-hmm. because like he was, he was doing his thing. Like he was playing amazing. It's just, you know, he had a tough game seven cause he was pressing so much cause he knew it was like one of the biggest games of his career. He couldn't not beat the Celtics. Uh, but yeah, I think people kind of underrate that 2010 uh, series because of that one game, but he was playing amazing. Yeah. Most definitely. yeah they always talk about that one game. Mm-hmm. What game? The game of, uh, what- yeah, the last game, like Game Seven, when like uh, both teams was wasn't really that great, uh, like offensively, but defensively, the Lakers, especially Kobe, put a lot of work on it to the point where he actually allowed his teammates to score, and it actually helps Kobe better because, like, hey, like, yeah, I did most of the work from one from one to six. Now you guys need to do that work. 
and you know, mm-hmm. Luke Walton. I'm surprised Sasha Vujicic and even the role players was actually very impressive for even that one time. But that is, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing, man. And just he did everything, like Manny said. You know, rebounds, assists. You know, he did other things. The shot wasn't falling. He grabbed rebounds, played defense, and. When it mattered the most, he shot the, that mid-range pull-up and shot the free throws. I know Bleach just shot the free throws, but he shot them too. But I just liked how Kobe said, hell or high water, I'm getting this ring, regardless of my stats, like the shooting percentage. If I have to shoot seven for 81, who cares? I'm going to keep shooting or something, something mm-hmm. along the lines of that. You know what I mean? And if and, they had this this new, um, what is it, the Oscar Robinson Award mm-hmm. uh, for you know the uh, conference finals, Kobe would have had – he probably would have had two during the two or three during the Shaq era because it was always him doing a lot of the work during the conference finals because Shaq had tougher matchups against the Spurs, against the Kings, against Portland. That you know, if you had those awards, then it would change that narrative of like Shaq carried Kobe for the idiots that say that. I hear people say that. Yeah, because you will see his like he had an amazing 2001 playoff run, uh, mm-hmm. dominating. You know, he played really great during the uh, 2002 finals, so where he most likely would have got the the conference finals MVP, where it would have made people really see like this is really a Batman Superman relationship, not Batman and Robin. Yeah, most definitely, man. And like the whole uh, the whole Shaq and Kobe thing, man. I feel like. If their egos didn't get in the way, I feel like they would have multiple more than five. Kobe probably like six or seven by now. You know what I mean? Yeah, they would. You know, so I, I feel like you know everything has for a reason, man. But I just feel like those two, in my personal opinion, those are two one one two punch greatest of all time. I know you got Kareem and Magic and Jordan and Pippen, but to me, me personally, Kobe and Shaq. I'm gonna go with Mikael. Mikael, who's in your opinion, who's the greatest uh, one two punch of all time? Uh. Man, that's tough. It's gonna come down to to Magic and Kareem and Shaq and Kobe, just because I think as individuals, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what those guys did without each other. But man, I can easily go uh, Shaq and Kobe, just because you know Kobe was able to go and win two rings without, um, you know, without Shaq, and then mm-hmm. Shaq made it to two finals without Kobe, and you know those guys just played so perfectly well together because I love Magic and Kareem, uh, of course, but that Showtime team was more than just them. Like you had James Worthy, who's a Hall of Famer mm-hmm. on that team. Jamal Wilkes, who's a, a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, Bob McAdoo, Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. For the Lakers, they were the two Hall of Famers on a team that carried everything and made it all happen. Of course, the Fishers, the Ories, uh, Glenn Rice, when he was there for the year, like they all helped. But when it came to the Hall of Famers playing, it was those two, and they just gave you everything. Now, if you go to a park where you have a dominant wing score and a dominant big, you probably never losing at the park. So I, I'll go with Shaq and Kobe. What do you think, Manny? Who's yours? Honestly, for me, it's tied between Jordan Pippen and Shaq and Kobe. Like, um, I know I wasn't, a, I wouldn't really see much of Jordan Pippen because I wasn't alive. But I've seen like the last dance and how their, their like um, their chemistry was with Rodman and Longley and Kerr and everything. But then also Shaq and Kobe because there was that Spectrum Sportsnet uh, thing, their birth of a dynasty that they showed, mm-hmm. and I and I saw that as well. 
like like what uh, like what Mikkel said. Uh, there was like um, you know the Fishers, the Horries, the Horace Grants. There was just so much chemistry, and the fact that uh, it's like we also what you said, Big Baby. The fact that um, they're literally amazing one-two punch combo. If they would have stayed together, they would have won just so much. But the thing is, there was a lot of beef and a lot of feuding between Shaq and Kobe. Like they couldn't they couldn't keep it together in the locker room. Sadly, if they would have. Who knows? Yeah, Probably that's like eight championships, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I say seven. I say seven, man. But yeah, the what uh, or still pisses me off, man. Two thousand four, man. I feel like. That year, 2004, man, for Shaq. Again, Shaq, I think Shaq got played by uh, Ben Wallace that series. You know, mm. that, still, that still gets to me, even though we won in 2020, 2010, but still, that I feel like we could have done better in 2004. Yeah. yeah 2004. Because Carl Malone got hurt. Yeah, so that, that hurt the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And then Gary Payton really got exposed. Yeah. Uh, and Shaq, too, kind of with the pick and roll. And then, you know, of course, Kobe did. He was trying to get his finals MVP, so, you know, he took a lot of, uh, you know, shots that he probably shouldn't have. But it was just the Pistons was just a perfect matchup at that time for the Lakers, and losing Carl Malone killed them. But, um, yeah, man, it's, they they were amazing um, in, in that era of basketball. Think about it. For them to win those championships, they had to go through Duncan and Robinson, you know, which is a crazy duel. They had to go through an amazing – Kings team, who probably is the greatest team to never win a championship. They had to go through that amazing Portland team that they came back from a large deficit to beat. So, much in that game seven, yeah. Yeah. Sean, what you think, man? You stay. Yeah, my uh, my vote is uh, Kobe and Shaq, man. Um, we're joining Pimpin'. This is like this is like no like by all means. I look at them as more like a duo because when you actually look at the role players, like again, like um guys like uh man, I forgot his name, but um like the player that like um before he actually you know before Miami and then not not, not Miami Orlando he went he actually was in Chicago. I think uh you guys know what the player I'm talking about, huh? Horace Grant? Yeah, Horace Grant. Horace Grant had played a very big significance with um with Chicago. Like he actually like as far as like him being a six man slash oh like I'm a like a big like a above average defender. I kinda look at it that way as like okay, and then you have like the second repeat that you have with uh Dennis Rodman. I kinda look at uh like Jordan and Pippen as like somewhat more like a tree, like more part of a trio. But with Kobe and Shaq, it was, in my opinion, different. You have a center, you have a, a dominant center, and also you have a a dominant point of uh, point slash shooting guard that you could just do is just like you just pass around. If you need you need to score in the perimeter, you got Kobe. If you need someone to be in the post, you got Shaq. And um, the way to do is, and also it's very balanced, in my opinion, but. That's just me. Yeah, yeah, me too. And like for like we gotta also mention too, Kobe and Pal Gasol too. Like mm-hmm. you know, they're up there too, you know. Kobe asked out of LA, all that stuff that happened, and then Jerry Buzz said, No, I'm gonna go get Pal, you know, and then once Pal came, I knew they were gonna work together just by the way Pal Gasol plays, facilitates back to the basket, you know. 
that mid-range. I like that. But to 2008, how got exposed by Kevin Garnett, the physicality. But I think when you think, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments on here, um, I think that team going overseas and Spain versus USA, Kobe tough and power. Mm, I agree with that. And they just – Powell was never a center, so he had to play center. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that protection. And you see they won the next two years when Bynum was there. So he was just playing out of place, having to deal with Perkins and Garnett and Leon Poe and all those guys. So, uh, you know, once he had Bynum there, you know, the Lakers won two straight. So I just think that, you know, even that series they could have won, you know, if you do have a Bynum, a healthy Trevor Ariza. And, you know, I believe it was game four that the Lakers were up big and the Celtics made a crazy comeback. I'm like, if the Lakers win that game, they can head to Boston up 3-2, and you don't know how that series goes. So, um, yeah, Powell was amazing. Uh, he was just a perfect fit for that, for the triangle offense because he was a, a hell of a passer. And, you know, Kobe really had to be his big bro. That's why I think Powell respects him so much because Kobe bought the, the best out of Powell Gasol. Yep, yep. and it's well-deserved of, uh, like, his jersey return is well-deserved, man. You know what he was doing with the Lakers, man. I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis retires his jersey too. Wouldn't be surprised. You know, mm-hmm. I just like I just like his game, man. You know, we got some similar players, Palgasol. You know, you got uh the Joker, you know, mm-hmm. but overall Palgasol is one of my favorite big men Lakers, you know. To you guys, I'm starting with Mikhail, Manny, then Sean. Where does Palgasol bring to you as a big man as a Laker? Mm, so Shaq and Kareem are the top exactly. two. Will he probably he's, he's number four. Um, I think that he's number four. Um, ooh, maybe five, because if you count George Mikan as well, George what Mikan, he was able yeah. to do with the Minneapolis Lakers. Uh, but hey, to be in that top five is incredible. You know, there's a lot of great, like you know, players to you know that play for the Lakers, and the Bigs is one of the best spot. Uh, you have AD is coming if he can stay healthy and maybe get another ring or two. But, yeah, Paul Gasol, I will have him number five after Kareem, Shaq, uh, Will Chamberlain, and George Michael. Crazy thing is, I, I feel like Paul Gasol is so disrespected in NBA history. I literally think he should have been top 75 because, like you said, Mikel, he's, def- he's definitely fifth on the um, on the greatest big men for the Lakers. Like, you had Kareem, who in my opinion is one. Number two, I would have um, maybe um, – yeah, I would have Shaq at your number two. Third, I would have um, Chamberlain. And then fourth, I would have, um, like you said, Mike in. But honestly, like, I, I, I just think he should have been top 75. He's really good. He, like, like Bigger Johnson said as well, he can pass. Mm-hmm. Not many big men out there that can pass. Besides, um, besides what we're seeing now in, like, this NBA with Jokic, that he's getting in triple doubles and he's able to pass, like, like a point guard pretty much. It's crazy. I literally think... He's yeah, he's definitely top five in that. Sean, what you think? He's definitely top five. Now, you know, I mean it's debatable when it comes like him and, and Wilt, because like, you know, I mean, even though Wilt, you know, stayed the Lakers like in his later years, he did win a championship and also help uh help with Jay West and and indirectly uh Elgin Baylor to get their uh get that championship. That you know they they actually really needed because you know I mean Jerry West actually put in work for many years for the Lakers and 
and you know, close with no cigar. But um, Powell is is one of the most skillful big men I ever seen. You know, he could pass. He could he could go to the post. Like uh, I think that a lot of people underrate about Powell is that yeah, he might be slender. But he, when he actually do put his mind to it, he can actually make a make a bit of a force to to certain opponents, man. And you know, I I actually do appreciate how Powell actually uh adapt with Kobe, and and also to be honest with you, he even admitted to himself that Kobe molded him to become a better player. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it, both both of them actually helped with each other. Like Kobe was able to win without Shaq, and Powell to be you know to be now known as among one of the best big men in the league, even among all time. So yeah, like I I, I always appreciate Powell Gasol, um, Andrew Bynum. I'm just gonna keep it 100, man. I wish he would have actually take the game seriously. He would have been a part of that too. If you would take that game seriously, even like even that 2009 um, finals, um, not 2009 finals, the 2008 finals. If he was over there, Kobe would have won six, in my personal opinion. But again, like, yes. hey man, like I'm grateful, Paul Gasol. I'm gonna be seeing that um, that jersey when once they retire it, and um, yeah, I I really. I'm really always be always been respecting and also admire Paul Gasol. Great human being, uh, great player. Salute. Yeah, man. Um, Paul Gasol up there, man. I, I just liked how Kobe toughened him up, man, because um, he got bullied by Kevin Garnett, Leon Pope, Kennedy Perkins. 2008, man. I'm still pissed off about that, you know. Mm. But at the end of the day, we won two rings out of it, you know, in 2009 versus Orlando Magic, Dwight Howard. You know what I mean? And that, like, when – that series in 2009, you know, Kobe, like Kobe, hell or high water, said, I'm going to get this ring without Shaq, you know, first ring without Shaq, he's going to do everything. No, I wish it would have bossed him, but you got Orlando. That was, a, to be honest, that was an easy series, easy. But 2010 was the most, was hard, hardest that I've experienced as a fan. So, uh, Mikhail, what do you think? Out of the, the five championships that Kobe Bryant has, what was the toughest challenge for Kobe to get those rings as far as, like, Gee, what was the toughest for those five rings? I would say toughest would be 2010. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, um, you know, the first one was tough, but I just look at the finals. The only finals that Kobe had to go game seven was Boston because, you know, they beat Indiana in six. Uh, they beat Philly in five, Nets in four, and then Orlando in uh, five games. So it was that one, you know, against Boston, a team that he – had to be like he could not have retired with you know only four and going on two versus Boston. So that team brought the very best out of him and his and you know his Lakers with you know the Hall of Famers there. Um, so yeah, by by far that was the toughest, uh, might have been his toughest series of his career. I'm trying to think either because I know the Kings one was tough, and of course, uh, Portland they were up 3 1 and Portland nearly made the comeback. But I think as far as the, the victories, I think the finals, the toughest one is the Boston Celtics. What are you, Manny? Yeah, definitely. I agree with um, with uh, Mikel. 2010 was by far the toughest. It's not only because of uh, the series against Boston. You guys are forgetting also in the first round against the against the Thunder, 
Mm. The upcoming mm. uh, KD and Westbrook, they were emerging. Ibaka was emerging. Harden was emerging. And they and they actually pushed us to six. Besides that Utah series where we swept, even even Phoenix was tough. I remember in, I remember game five, we barely scrapped out with a win. Mm. Meta World Peace ended up hitting that last second shot for us to win the game. So mm. yeah, I agree with you guys. It was it was a very tough uh, playoffs twenty ten. Yeah. And um I remember I was I was still like in junior high watching that and it was insane. Yeah, most definitely, man. For me, like you said, twenty ten, you know was tough and I feel like that 2010 season man the playoffs were tough just getting that ring Kobe's final ring five like when he got it he was like all the weights were lifted off his shoulders Mm -hmm. and he beat Boston and you know like when he jumped on the score table said five and then you could see in his demeanor you know when when Sasha hit that free throw he was like let's go and Mm -hmm. then right you know he's like come on like, I'm almost there. And then once they won, all the expression went out. And that's what I like, you know. And just also, too, a Kobe Bryant story that I want to bring up um, about his tenacity and hustle. I think it was when we had Julius Randle, Brandon Bass, uh, Roy Hibbert and all that. I think it was his final year at the practice. You know, he was doing sliding defense. You know, he set the tempo of that defensive practice. You know, he kept going until exhaustion. He had to, like, he had to go. He had to play defense like this, you know, at one point. Sliding his feet, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite Corey Bryant moments as well. He said in the time, Phil Handy was a coach. I think Darren Ham was an assistant coach around then, you know, and like that's why I like Kobe sets the example, you know, and a lot of players around the league want to follow the mama mentality, and that's what we need. Like, to, and today, I'm gonna keep it real, like I do on the show, we don't have a lot, we have a lot of buddy buddies. Let's get blown out by far, let's go get something to eat. Thank you. We don't, we don't have, oh, you want to, no, you beat me in the final, no, I want nothing to do with you until I beat you again, point blank period. You know what I mean? That that's how I feel personally. What you guys think? Yeah, I, even even back then, the guys still hung out and had dinner. Yeah, but they just weren't as buddy buddy. Like guys weren't on the court laughing and joking. Uh, especially if you're letting like somebody's kicking your butt. It's like, no, nah, I'm serious, you know. But now these guys, they got you know handshakes that they have together. They're laughing and joking on like they just. It just seems like they're not going for blood. Like you know, the '90s and early 2000s, uh, and you know that's why you had such a great era of players um, that came from there. That's why you know Kobe being, you know, the king of the 2000s, really. Mm-hmm. Which I always tell people that to me, that's the great er- greatest era of basketball when it comes to the talent of basketball because you you had so many you know great guys, guys like Michael Red that people don't talk about. Of course, we know like the T Max and. Just different guys like that. Pau Gasol was on Memphis winning 50 games every season. So you had so much talent, uh, and it was because everybody was going for blood, and Kobe was like the face of the era. Go ahead, man. Oh, I totally agree. Basically, um, this era, it, it kind of like annoys me a little bit just because like players, like, like, like you said, baby, they always want to be buddy-buddy. Like most respect to LeBron because like we're all, I'm all like very happy what he's done as a, for us as a Laker fan. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Always wants to get this guy, wants to recruit this guy. I I tweeted this actually before I came on the show about uh, what Shannon Sharp said on Undisputed, keeping all that energy about KD where he runs and bounces around and goes here and goes there. I, I, if you guys want to see that tweet, you actually go see that tweet after. Mm-hmm. Like I literally I literally said like Shannon, you sound like a hypocrite because LeBron does exactly the same thing. He goes to get this guy, he goes to get that guy, he goes to run from this, goes to run from that. 
Kobe stayed for 20 years mm-hmm. loyal. And I, I just I just miss uh, that mentality. I missed all that. Go ahead, Sean. This era is soft as hell, man. That's the only that's the only true statement is this is soft as hell. Not just the players, the fans too. The fans are soft as hell. Yeah. Yeah, I'll call all the fans too. You guys be, be jumping around. Sean, 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 I can't barely hear what are you in the tunnel? No, I'm outside, you know what I mean? I'm just uh I mean, in the bungalows or some shit, but, uh, but regardless, though, you can hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. But, yeah, like, the fans, they're not, lo- they're not as loyal or, you know I me mean, taking this Laker thing seriously. It's like people just like, hey, you know, we're just going to watch the game. We're going to have a good time, win or lose. I'll just have a pick. I have a tweet, and that's all it is. It's it just like there's no passion. Like, where is the passion? Like, when I'll be watching the Laker game, regardless if I'm, you know, if I'm watching in the stadium or I'm actually watching at home, I felt the passion. I was like, always feel like the passion. Laker fans back then will always have the passion. There's no passion anymore. It's awesome. It's so fake. And, the, and also, back to the players, man. They are too entitled. They wanted to have this. They wanted to have that. Like, shoot, you guys have over $100 million, and you guys barely put the bare minimum for your team, especially mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. The only, like, for me, again, like, I can say this again. The only player that actually says, made me feel like, okay, this guy's Lakers, is Austin Reeves. He has that passion. He always, bring, he, he always play hard 100% regardless of win or lose. I actually like that. I wasn't. It doesn't make me feel like angry as much as the losses. It's just like, oh shoot, a, a player that's putting so much effort and he does not care even if he makes like over a hundred million. That's a Laker. Yeah, and not I think this. I think that we we starting to see a little bit of that in the NBA. We starting mm-hmm. to get it back. You know, you got guys like John Morant who's coming in and you know being real fierce and not really even Giannis. Giannis don't be buddy buddy with guys. Giannis. Oh, uh, all right, all right, okay. Let's push back. Giannis, Giannis, yeah. Giannis is is the best player right now. But come on, man, like no, that humbleness is a bit too much, man. Like I get it, man. You don't want to be disrespectful, but you know that you like, like come on. If I was Giannis and I'm like top seventy five player of all time at my own prime, I'm starting in my own prime. I should be talking shit. Not all the time, obviously. Sometimes, like at least some trash talk here and there. You know, LeBron is about to expire. You know that uh, KD is. You know, I mean, he's last legs. Yeah, I'm like, dang, like KD, man. I'm like KD. I never expect a player like KD to act like that way. I'm like, dang, KD. I want you to be a Laker. I don't want you to be. I don't want you to be a Laker no more, man. Now you. Now you jumping, now you jumping from team to team and trying to trying to feel like you control the shit. Like, bruh, how you gonna control something that you never earned? Truth. I mean, like, uh, yeah. Let me go. Let me shout out to uh, Showman in the morning with Cole Johnson, man. What's going on? Let me greet the big baby. I love you, my man. I love. I've loved your stuff for almost two years now. Yeah. We've been we've been buddies almost two years. I'm, I'm a 
a big, big fan of your content, uh, particularly when it comes to basketball. I love you. I love your stuff. And I wanted to just hop on for a couple of minutes and uh, pay you some pay you some respect and respect to the panel. And uh, I will expand on one point and then I'll get out of here. There is no passion anymore. You rarely it's a ri- it's a rarity. And I hate to bring up an opponent, but let's be truthful here. The only place you see it is in San Francisco. Thank you. Thank you. The only place you see you saw it in San Antonio for a good seven years. You saw it with the you saw it with the Bulls, Celtics of the Celtics of the eighties. But right now, mm-hmm. the only place you see the passion of playing NBA games. Screw the money. They're the richest. It's Golden State. They're the richest team in the league right now. They don't give two dams about the luxury tax. All right, because if they gave a damn about the luxury tax, we wouldn't have the Chase Center. If they gave a damn about the luxury tax, Stephen Curry wouldn't have two uh, Mm -hmm. max contracts. Only player to have not one but two max contracts. Mm -hmm. Okay? I I, I think it's a couple teams. I think it's a couple teams like Miami. Uh, I think they're a team that's just Miami is getting there. Miami is getting there. You're talking about winning. I'm, I'm talking about teams that play with a pat. I think they play yeah. with a very tough passion. It's they just do. they have one. Memphis, they do. yeah, Memphis plays with a lot of another. fire. That's Memphis why they go at Golden State. Uh, a um, team that a team that's going to be on the rise this year though is going to be the Bulls hmm. because they're going to take that loss they had to Milwaukee three game, uh, four games to one, three games to one. She's some old. Uh, they're going to take that loss against Milwaukee, and it's going to be fuel for them. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be fuel for them. There are a few there are a few teams, so I stand corrected. That the Rosen's gonna come out with a vengeance, huh? The Rosen's gonna come out with a vengeance for the Bulls. I agree. Oh boy! Oh Giannis. boy! Giannis is gonna come with a vengeance because I know he feels yeah, like Giannis always comes with Giannis always comes with a vengeance. Yeah. Okay, it's Giannis always more. listen. Giannis always when you see number thirty four for the Bucks. No, he goes crazy. Yeah, he, he goes does. absolutely ballistic. And you have Best very few players like that. Giannis, John Morant, Stephen Curry, mm-hmm. Splash Brothers, okay? You think Klay Thompson's not going to be a little pissed off? Not having played two full seasons and only playing half of this year, and, and everyone expected Game 6 Clay to show up in Boston, and then Steph shows off? Mm-hmm. You don't think he wants to be a part of well, he do, he wants to be a part of it, but I'm meaning this from a competitive standpoint. You you think he doesn't want to throw up some big games? Because mm-hmm. for a while he was the third option. You had KD, you had Steph, and then you had Clay. Mm-hmm. Now you got the Splash Brothers winning a championship without KD, which blew that theory far out the window. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of the teams that they beat to get to the finals. In order, Denver. Memphis, Dallas. They were supposed to meet Phoenix, good, but they really were good teams to meet the Phoenix Suns, but the Phoenix Suns choked. <laughs> yep. And the Phoenix Suns, uh, I, I hate to say this to Phoenix Suns fans, but the Phoenix Suns are finished. I agree 100%. Um, because they took a sock in the jaw in game six and seven, they had no business taking. Mm-mm. And they had no answer for Luca. Nope, they didn't. You know, look they they did whatever had they wanted. No, they had no answer for Luka. Riddle me this. How come the Suns had no answer for Luka in game six and seven, and yet the Warriors shutting down in five games? 
because the Warriors are more of a complete team. That's why. <laughs> yeah, Warriors, Warriors got deep, great you defense my guys. The, you took you the know. correct answer out of Manny. You took the correct answer out of my head. With That's the right. Warriors, with, with Steve Kerr and the Warriors, and I know this from Kerr's days with the Bulls and early on with the Cavaliers, it's all about team basketball, mm-hmm. which is why I adored Milwaukee winning the title last year. You know I was over the roof when the Golden State won because nobody gave Golden State a chance in hell. Yeah, they got some stuff. They got some luck, a little luck. Like they, luck. they faced an unhealthy Denver team and then okay, – Okay, you know, I had to reach through this phone and I had to reach through this computer and laugh in your face. It did luck. take some – every championship takes a little luck and they yeah. avoided – a healthy Denver, they avoided a healthy John Morant, and then you know, then they, they didn't have to John Morant three times before he became unhealthy. Next question, nah, he, yeah. was, he was playing hurt, yeah. That guy he was. was playing hurt, he so, was playing hurt. Yeah, I kind of have to give Mikel that one, he did, he yeah. He was playing job. hurt, so it made it. And then I mean this jokingly, were, Manny, you keep out of this first, you're on my yeah. side, and then you're on his. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, but go to state, and that's why Kobe saw it with. Steph Curry, With like Steph this guy yeah, just did. has this this it about him, mm-hmm. and you know Kobe just just knew. Hey, shout out to Lou Williams, man. He yeah. uh, he great. He gave a dope story. Um, I can't remember what show he was on. I think it's all the smoke, but he was talking about uh, his Kobe memory, and mm-hmm. he was saying about Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. He said they had a game, and, and Kobe came in like I figured it out. I figured it out, and they're like, what's like what's wrong with Kobe? And he was like, man, when you guard him, he don't he don't mind if you play him uh, like in his face or behind him. But on his side is when he gets irritated. And he said, like, Kobe shut down Steph. And I just thought, like, damn, I just showed you how much of a lunatic that Kobe was. Mm-hmm. And how much of a student Kobe, and and so how much of a student Kobe was of the game. Yeah, he yeah, was he a, a man. How much of a student Kobe was of the game. Let me get on out of here. Big no, baby. Brian, real quick, Brian. Thank you so much for coming up. Thank you oh, for stopping man. by. I appreciate the love and support, man. And uh hey, love I love right you, now. big baby. Love love you. Love this love the program and, and love the support. I'm gonna get on out of here. Happy Kobe Day to everybody. And uh I'm going to bed. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, and babe. Love you too, babe. For the gentleman. Please get yourselves checked out. You're talking to someone who just turned 50 and kicked pancreatic cancer in the ass. Now mm. I got a colonoscopy. Oh, wow. Up. I didn't know that. Yeah. Congratulations, man. My, my surgery was April. Congratulations for being in remission. My, my surgery was April yes. 4th. Uh, everything's come back good so far. Just my body having to get used to everything again. I'm going to have a colonoscopy and get that taken care of. But please get checked and stay i want everybody to stay healthy because i want to be around for another 50 years and show some more love for you guys mm-hmm. when i hang up my microphone all right well, definitely man but uh right. real quick before everybody gets up out of here what would the kobe bryant statue mean to every laker fan um, i'm gonna go first i'm gonna go to michael manny and then brian and then sean mm-hmm. uh for me man the kobe bryant statue mean everything to me man i'm going to that once they announce i'm going to be buying tickets to that i'm gonna be front and center because kobe is the biggest inspiration to me you know and just the hard work and dedication, man. You know, but what like if they when they do do the statue, what signature shot is going to be him fading away or him putting his finger up in eighty one point game? Fade away, fade. Yeah, I like the. I don't the the num the the point after eighty one would be so special. You know what I'm saying? Because it's pointing to the heavens, 
uh, and things like that, man. But, you know, at this point, it's a must that we get it. You know, Kobe is arguably the greatest Laker of all time. You know, mm-hmm. just him and Magic are the two names that you think of. Uh, but, yeah, like, it's a must. You got to have it, um, you know, just figuring out the right one. I would love if they were to do – like, the point will be amazing – um, and you know you have the eight in the front, twenty four on the back. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a monument, you know. It's gonna that's my idea. That was the same idea I actually always think about while they they actually portray the fade away. Yeah. So so it's like you have to put the double numbers, but yeah, it's it's a must that they have it. Um, it's gonna be a beautiful thing, and it's gonna be something that's gonna every time people visit LA, it's gonna be like let me get over here to the crypto.com arena so I can take a picture with the Kobe statue so I can't wait for it. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Uh I will honor Kobe by saying the statue should be a fadeaway. And longtime PA man Lawrence Tanter. I'll do an impression of him. At guard in his sixth year from Lower Marion High School, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Pretty good impersonation, honestly. Yeah, I've, good always loved, I've always loved uh, Lawrence Tanner from mm. his days as a PA announcer at the Forum when he took over mm. in 83. Yeah, and sure. I can also say, at guard, it is sixth year from Michigan State number 32, Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah, let me step Let me step away. Thank you. I love you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for letting me up. Yeah, appreciate you. Nice Sean. meeting you, Chow. Go, uh, go ahead, Sean. Hey, man, those are so many great ideas, man. Obviously, I'm going to take the fade away. Shoot, if they actually uh do the announcement, I don't care. What, like, yeah, even with Lawrence Taylor, yeah, that would that'll be excellent. That would be excellent. I'm, I'm, but, yeah. pulling, I'm pulling Kobe now, man. I sprained my ankle yesterday playing basketball. That shit hurt, and I'm doing the show on the sprained ankle. Sprain ankle, mama, mama mentality, baby. Yeah. Hey, you got icy out. You gotta use icy height, like icy yeah. eye, man. As Shaq would say, "Man up with icy eye." <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, uh, thank you everybody for tuning in on this Kobe Day twenty four. Happy birthday, man. We miss you, man. I know you're up there watching over us. You know your legacy lives on. Your inspiration lives on, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manny, Mikhail, thank you guys so much, and Sean, Brian, people in the comments to my wife. Love you in the uh, Mamba. Everybody, let's get a Mamba out on three. One, two, three. Mamba, Mamba out. out.